Hey, thanks for being a part of the conversation. Let's do some pod crashing. Episode number 265 is with Miles Gray from the podcast, The Good Thief. I'm doing great, Arrow. How are you doing? Man, I got to tell you, I love this podcast. Um, I, I listen on iHeartRadio, and I've only had one episode, and I was kind of upset that I didn't have two, three, four, five, and six. I guess I'm such a binge watcher that that I want everything like right now. But but I, I love how you are presenting this podcast. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much. I mean, uh, you know, episode two is out, uh, and they'll come out every week. So, But I totally get the binge factor, because even as I was working on the show... I'm like, well, are we going to figure this out? Do we know who this guy is? Can we find this guy? And yeah, The Good Thief is, you know, for people who don't know, it's about this guy, Vasilis Paliokostas, who's, you know, considered Greece's modern day Robin Hood. Yeah. And he had this 20 year, you know, career uh, where he put together some of the most out of the out of this world bank heists and prison escapes. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy, he basically escaped, you know, Greece's Alcatraz twice. Uh, and he used a helicopter both yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the whole the whole podcast, it, it like we call it kind of like a popcorn podcast <laughs> because it really feels like a movie. Like I think I always say this to people who have maybe aren't really listening to podcasts or have only heard a few. Try this one because it moves like a movie and the time flies by and it's a really interesting story. You bring up a very interesting point about those that are just discovering podcasts because I know that for many people, it usually starts off with listening to some morning show's best of tape and then all of a sudden you start going, okay, wait a second, there, there's got to be more to this than just this. And and when you yeah. do land on on some something like Outlaws, The Good Thief, all of a sudden you realize, oh my God, this is better than books on tape because this is the actual thing. Yeah, exactly. And plus, you know, like I think with books on tape, it's pretty like, you know, normal, like you're getting read a book. But with this, there's like great sound design, <laughs> great score. It feels like you're watching like a Guy Ritchie movie, uh, you know, or like kind of bank heist movie. And it moves really, really fast. And yeah, I, I, like I said, it's probably one of the most action packed podcasts I've listened to. And I've, I, you know, uh, making podcasts, I've heard a lot of podcasts. So yeah. uh, I say that with the most seriousness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things that you have on this is that you you have a team and what I and each team has a mission and each team is bringing something back to that studio. Yeah. So, we had this great uh partnership with the Greek Podcast Project and this group of uh investigative journalists in Greece who obviously like when we partnered with them knew about the story. Yep. But also had a lot of questions like I mean, we all know about this guy, but it's like so many of these stories about him like how he would rob banks and then you know pay for someone's education like in this mountain area that he was from or take a tractor for a bank heist and then bring it back with like a full bed of hay and like cash on the seat we're always trying to figure out like is this real because a lot of those stories are like secondhand it's like a cousin's friend's cousin told us about this or it happened to them so these like our team in greece they really they went everywhere from the mountains to far-flung islands in search of this guy and really trying to nail down, you know, who exactly he is because no one has seen him in about 14 years. Yeah. Uh, but we know he's out there. You know, what's really interesting that I, I love about the story. And I think what kept drawing me to uh, the story even closer and closer was the fact that he and his group never injured anyone. That was so important to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's just this, that's again, like that's kind of where we kind of wrestle with this idea of a good thief. Like what is a good thief, you know, because, you know, their philosophy as bank robbers, they kind of saw themselves as like gentlemen robbers in a way. And whenever they, even if they, you know, they they get into kidnapping at a certain point. Hmm. And even then 
they're they're like giving their you know the people that they're abducting like making sure they're comfortable like here's a newspaper here's some food and these guys would always come back after being kidnapped from them like they're really nice guys yeah like they're really polite i you know i kind of i kind of see where they're coming from and you know living i think in a world today you know times are really tough and i think a lot of people they look around and it just seems like things are getting harder for and and we're not making as much money as we could and we see people making a lot more money at the top and you begin to wonder it's like well where's our piece and i think that was a huge thing about vasilis paleocostas is he saw all this corruption in greece and he saw all the people he grew up with just suffering on that end and that was i guess his attempt to sort of right the scales well, I mean, if he's been missing for 14 years, it's almost like he's why why isn't he taking care of this this generation, the 14 years and stuff? And and you really do point that picture out. We don't even know if he's alive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you again, our team and then and, and, you know, this is it gets very interesting in the later episodes. So I'm not going to spoil anything, but you know, there we find out that, you know, someone spotted him in a cafe in this mm-hmm. one town. Another person spotted him driving on this mountain road and like they see him all the time. Other people say, you know, like he, he, he might be in poor health. So we have to follow all those leads. And, you know, eventually we, we kind of get to a point where we, we begin to see what the, what the real truth is. You know, what's really interesting about this is that they never saw it as stealing money. They, they were just taking things from people who can afford to. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, again, why they, as you know, quote unquote, moral criminals really did their research. They're looking around and they say, even if, you know, who has a lot of money? OK, are they in good health? Because we also don't want to shock them if we rob them and cause some kind of significant health event for them. So they would cross like older people off the list uh, and find people that were like in better health. So all of these things were being considered because at the end, I think the way they look at it is, you know, with all the corruption going on, everyday people are being stolen from. So what difference does it make if a few million is lost yeah. from someone who tens of or hundreds of millions of dollars? The inner circle here is is basically unbreakable and unstoppable. What what glued them together to be so faithful to each other? I think these guys, right, they come from this. They all have a really similar background. They mm. all come from the mountainous region uh, in Greece where it's really underdeveloped you know the greek state has kind of forgot that these people live there and life is really really hard growing up there and all these kids grow up you know like by like you know campfires and you know not having all of the modern amenities a lot of people did at the time that vasilis was a child and i think they have this really shared uh worldview and perspective and also their perspective of how the greek government was treating them they were also sort of unified in this way of saying they don't care about us and our people but we care about our people so what can we do because at the end of the day they do like a little bit of robbery let's not get that mixed up like that is something they do enjoy but at the same time they said it can't be for nothing we, we want to be able to help the people that are around us so that that's kind of like i think what really makes, you know, that quote, thick as thieves, uh, you know, really, really apparent here. Can you imagine being a fly on the wall while they're while they're planning for something? Because, I mean, it was so planned out in the very first episode when when they go in there to rob. I mean, you it, it is down to the seconds. Every second counts. Yeah. And I think, you know, for them, they're kind of they're also thrill seekers, too. And you can hear as you as you listen to more uh, as the series goes on and we find out a little bit more about how they're planned. 
at times they kind of like a little bit of a more dangerous heist because it feels like they pulled something off a little bit more, you know, uh, commendable or memorable. So, yeah, I think all the planning, all I think that all contributes to the fact that they were basically the most successful bank robbers in Greek history and also the amount of times they busted out of prison. Why are we just finding out about this guy uh, or basically this group here in the United States? You know, I think it's like one of those things where every country has these kinds of stories, Mm -hmm. you know, like we have here in the U.S., they have them. Pretty much every culture has this story about people who take from the rich or corrupt and want to redistribute that wealth to the people around them for their own betterment. And with this one, this was definitely something that if you were in Greece, you knew about because it was all over the news and everybody was talking about this. And even friends of mine who are Greek American, I asked them, like, have you heard of this Vasilis Paliokostas? And like, oh yeah, that was like like a few like 20 years ago. <laughs> so they've definitely heard it. And I think like anything, it just takes a while sometimes for people to say, this is actually a really interesting story. And it sort of takes a, a place like iHeart to say, you know what? That is an interesting story. Let's Let's pursue that. Let's find out about this. Let's put this in front of people. And yeah, here we are with the help of, you know, all of our our, our team in Greece and and the folks here at iHeart and Kaleidoscope. Where along the line did you decide that we're going to break this up into chapters? Because I think that is such a perfect planning method because you give me an opportunity to take another breath. I think that's the thing about podcasts, you know, that the the real challenge is because we don't have video and, and, you know, VFX and things like that. You really have to think about how it sounds and how people take the information in and really work with that in a way that feels natural. So by the end of it, they don't miss a thing and they feel totally checked in with everything that's happening. You, you brought up video because I won't do video. And I think that's because I'm a radio guy. And I just think that video takes away from the imagination. Are you believing that same thing? Yeah. I mean, as a podcaster, yeah. uh, I actually came, I used to work in, <clears throat> excuse me, I used to work in physical production, uh, doing video and things like that. And podcasting audio it's just way more liberating <laughs> excuse me i think that that just you know gives you way more freedom and the human voice honestly i think is the most powerful thing the most powerful communication tool more than anything visual and because of that yeah i i, I don't think video is necessarily <clears throat> a needed part yeah now when, when it comes to your, your story sharing because you, you've got a brilliant way of, of bringing us into the story where did you learn that from because I mean if, if you haven't been trained by radio program directors or, or voiceover actors what where, where did it come from this skill I honestly <laughs> I, I don't know you know I've had a pretty uh, I've had all kinds of jobs throughout my life I was a lobbyist working in politics for a number really? of years got over that and I realized I wanted to be a comedian so I did a lot of you know improv and writing and things like that and I don't know I think maybe it's just being an only child uh just wanting to talk all the time so from there I learned how to hone that and say well if you're going to talk all the time maybe talk in a way that's as interesting as possible oh yeah because it's such a natural thing where people want to talk like this all the time they want to talk like Randy Radio yeah, yeah, of course. And I, I can definitely put that host voice on. <laughs> the, the first couple of reads of the show didn't quite go the way we thought. Uh, so yep, they said, yep. hey, just let's dial it back. Let's make it feel like you're just telling your friend, you know, at a bar or a party about this this wild thing you heard. And that's sort of, you know, that's kind of the direction we take. Only because I've been a podcaster since 2012. I know that the Outlaws, the Good Thief can't be your only one. There had to have been many attempts before this. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I have a, a few other podcasts. I do have a, a daily uh, news politics culture nice. podcast, 
daily zeitgeist, which is really fun. And then I have a show with the NBA uh, called uh, Miles and Jack Got Mad Boosties. Very long title, but it's just like a fun, just like fan conversational sports podcast just talking about the NBA. So, yeah, I, it's funny now that like I'm kind of hitting the full spectrum of topics you can do from like news to true crime, sports, uh, just need like a, a reality show recap one. Well, it's, it reminds me because John John Lennon has a new movie out right now with with May Pang and 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 he really they put focus in on on how um, whatever gets you through the night the song and and it came to him because he was watching a late night preacher. You and I as podcasters, things hit us when we least expect it and we run with it. How how do you deal with that? You, just like the an idea that hits you or something. Oh my God! Yes, tell me that you are not uh, uh, because I, I listen to this podcast. You watch the world. I can hear it in the way that you share your words. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know. I mean, I've again. It kind of goes back to this thing of of just always being a really curious person, uh, and I always indulge my curiosity. Like if there's something I'm interested in or I like, I just kind of I go down a rabbit hole pretty yeah. quickly. <laughs> so I think yeah, the way I deal with it is like when I get that itch, I just have to scratch it. And yeah, sometimes you find out things that are really cool. Sometimes not very interesting things. Sometimes things that bum you out, but. It's always worth that pursuit of, uh, you know, whatever you're interested in or whatever you're, whatever you're curious about. Is that how you landed on this podcast, Outlaws, The Good Thief? Yeah, I mean, this was, a, you know, a partnership between iHeart uh, and Kaleidoscope Media. And the friends of mine at Kaleidoscope were just sort of like, hey, like, I know we've been talking to you about this idea, but like, we, I think we're going to make the show. Do you want to do it? I was I almost bit their hand off. Because I was like, yes, absolutely. This is the most interesting thing to me. And for me personally, like I said, I just think, you know, it's 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 in a time right now where, again, I feel like people are, are, aren't doing as well as they could be. It's nice to just sort of see that there is this like sort of feeling or at least ethos within people of like, you know what, like we things are bad. Things can be better. Now, I don't know if this is the best way to solve those things. But at the very least, it makes for a really entertaining, fun ride. Yeah, speaking of that, yeah, because that's how I listened to it was 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 riding in the car, and and it really it it helped me say, okay, well, if these guys who are bad but they're not really bad are doing good things for people, what am I doing in my own world where I could be doing some good as well? Absolutely, you know, and I think that's what's really admirable. I mean, these guys are sort of almost you know they're part bank robbers, part philosophers in that way, where they're it's like we don't just we're not going to steal just to steal things like if we do it we're yes we'll enrich ourselves but we want to also help people around us and if we're going to do it we want to do it in the most ethical way i think that's just a really uh just a neat part of it and yeah like i like you said it kind of does make you confront what you do in your own day to day and you're like how can i give back to my community i don't need to rob a bank and do that <laughs> but maybe i can volunteer maybe i can just see what groups are out there in my community and, and help out and just connect with each other because I think that's a definite, definite good step to uh, to giving back for sure. Bruce Lee always said, "Don't give away your knowledge because it'll become a weapon against you." Okay, now we have the Apprentice inside this po- this podcast. Oh my God, dude! I mean, when when I first heard about this, I thought, "Oh, we got trouble going on here." Yeah, and again, like that Apprentice, you know, who starts off as just kind of like this kid, ends up becoming Greece's biggest bank robber. Yeah, and. <laughs> He's a guy who also, you know, when he had a, a bit of curiosity, he went after it. And whether that was finding out who the most corrupt officials were in Greece or just learning the layout of a prison so he can escape twice, uh, he does it. And I think, you know, that sort of that like laser focus 
pays off I could definitely for us as we listen to all these different hijinks they pull off were you in the production room when you put together the scene where he escapes the prison by way of helicopter because the timing well that's got to be the comedian coming out coming out in you because you know the pause the timing everything everything had a payoff on that scene yeah I think that was again I, I you know what's funny is I definitely like knew how the episodes were gonna move but for me as like a creator, I, I said, I want to hear it when you guys have fully cut it because wow. my part is to voice it and help connect all the other pieces of the podcast. But I really just, I want to feel like the audience. Like I want to see it for the first time. I don't want to spoil it for myself. So I wasn't there for that uh, for that uh, specific assembly. But you could, I could, you could easily see from the script, you're like, oh, this is going to sound so good. But it I was completely blown away with the final product. I mean, though the sound design, you're just put in the place and it's kind of what we call like popcorn podcasting. You know, it feels a movie. It's not, it's not dry informational show. It moves. It feels like a Guy Ritchie movie. Like you're watching snatch or something like that, but Mm -hmm. in a podcast, which is, is a really, really rare commodity. I think right now where I'm scared right now with podcasting is that uh, first of all, I fully support the actors and and the writer's strike right now. I'm so afraid that it's going to stretch off into the podcasting world because that's writing and that's performing as well. Yeah. And I think that's a huge, that, that is a huge push within podcasting right now too, is to try and figure out, well, what is as creators, what is our place in this and what kind of agreements should we be seeing or what does what what is equitable uh, in terms of like the work that's put in? And you and you are seeing, uh, you know, podcasters begin to unionize, but not quite at that level mm-hmm. that they are like at SAG AFTRA or the WGA. But, yeah, I think like anything, you know, we're just living in an era where people are really, really conscious of the work they do and what they get back from it. And I think that even extends to kind of like the the reality for Greek people that the Paleocostas brothers uh, and this other guy, Costa Samaras, that they worked with were sort of viewing, too, and just kind of wondering, hmm, like, can things be a little bit more balanced? <laughs> Do you really want to find him? I mean, because inside my heart, I'm going, please don't find him. I want it to be like the Sasquatch. Exactly right. Yeah, you want to see like a like a weird grainy uh, eight millimeter film of him walking <laughs> around the Acropolis or something like is that him? Or is that a guy in a suit? But yeah, you know we ch- we we chase down, and I'm not joking. Nearly every single lead that we got from people saying they saw him here, my friend saw him there. We really go and try and find. It. And I'm not going to spoil anything, and I won't say whether or not I feel good or bad about finding him or not finding him, but. Um, it does make for a really satisfying ending. And I, th- I think what's at the end, you do what is true. And the thing you do realize is the myth is definitely the thing that powers everything. And sometimes the man isn't as important when you really zoom out because his effect on the people of Greece. I mean, you know, he's a he was like a folk hero yeah. to these people. Yeah. And even though we were like, but he was like robbing banks and like, it doesn't matter. Like he gave back. That was his whole thing. And, and, and he didn't hurt people. So what's the point? You know, they're saying like the Greek government is stealing from us every day. So we cheer him on. You do so well with the podcast. Could you ever turn it into a book or is your voice that that one outlet where you know you've got control of it? I mean, I think right now, I, I, I think the 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 production team would love to see this maybe have an evolution into nice. something that you could see visually. Yeah, uh, I think that would be great. At that point, I would definitely just let that production be whatever it is, because I think that's its complete own iteration of this story. Uh, but we're really proud of this one of the podcast. And yeah, it, it, like I said, for anyone who even if you've not listened to podcasts much, 
I say, please take a chance yeah. with this because I promise you it is it's gonna it's like it's almost like you're watching TV but you're just not looking at the screen oh it's you're so right about that and I told you from the very beginning I said I, I'm addicted to this and I, I want every episode right now because I'm a spoiled child <laughs> <laughs> no, I know I know eventually we'll get to that binge model but we need we got to come the waters a little bit and keep you coming back every week but I promise it's going to be a great payoff <laughs> excellent Miles come back to this show anytime in the future the door is always going to be open for you Oh, thank you so much, Arrow. Well, you be brilliant today, okay? Yeah, you too.